Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to One Up, delivered through the AI podcast channel. I'm your host, as usual, Guy Drinkle. Joining me is Carl. How are you doing, Carl? Not too bad, Guy. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a while since we've done this. Um, I've obviously... A month exactly. Oh, look at us. No, Maybe we're a monthly it. podcast. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that's our new niche. Um, but in that time, I've obviously got the new console. Uh, have you, did you get a chance, because there was a few PS5s in stock, wasn't there? Not yet. Uh, my missus pointed out to me yesterday that apparently PlayStation Ireland has said that they will have more consoles in stores before 2020 is out. So I'll literally be refreshing every store here's website every morning and evening between now and the end of the year. So I get one. So hopefully it won't be too long. Yeah, yeah, that, it, it's it, It's always annoying when you're behind on something, isn't it? Uh, so hopefully you get one before the year is out. Uh, it is Black Friday tomorrow, they might spring us up, right? Um, so what we're here to talk about today is obviously going to do the news as we usually do, but what we're going to do is go through last gen or current, current gen for some, and just go through the years, or a few years, we're probably going to do this in two parts, um, as we don't want a 20-hour podcast, which I'm sure me and Carl are probably capable of, uh, but we're going to go through a few of the years, this one, and then part two, <clears throat> we'll go through, and uh, yeah, we'll just pretty much say, I'm going to imagine there's an Xbox theme being not so good, <laughs> seeing as... Carl did the prep as per and did the lists, and he forgot Halo 5, which is a good sign <laughs> how good that game was. <laughs> um, but we'll start with the news, Carl. What, what have we got? We've obviously got games with gold for December and um, PlayStation Plus. I always forget the PlayStation 1. Yeah, so we'll start off with the Xbox games with gold December 2020 offerings. 
Xbox Games of Gold is closing out 2020 with Double Fine Stacking, Volition Saints Row Got Out of Hell, King Art Games, The Raven Remastered, and Bleed 2 from developer Ian Campbell. Saints Row Got Out of Hell, which was originally released as a standalone expansion to Saints Row 4 in early 2015, will be available in its Xbox 360 form from the 1st until the 15th. The Raven Remastered will also be available from December 1st and will remain available for the month of December. The remaster of the 2013 point-and-click adventure title was released in March 2013 and features enhancements on Xbox One X. Stacking will be the Xbox 360 title, which appears on December 16th and will be available for the remainder of the month. The adventure puzzle game released in early 2011 to high praise from critics. And finally, action arcade title Bleed 2 will be available from December 16th until January 15th. Anything that stands out there to you guys? Um, nothing too much that's familiar to me. I mean, I played a little bit of the... Um... The Just Cause series for the PlayStation uh, Plus lineup, but in terms of the Xbox stuff, I mean, it's stuff I'd probably play. I mean, Double Fine—it's not really my cup of tea in general. But um, if if you if you know people who say it's good, I'd, I'd give it a go. It's free. It's free. Who doesn't give stuff a go that's free? And what was the other one? Bleed Two. Um, Again, you said it's got a reputation. I, I do love Saints Row, but not the latest. <laughs> like I think Saints Row Three is where it kind of died a wee bit for me. So it'd probably be a bit, bit much for me. But if I'd give it a go if I had it, but I've got other stuff to play. <laughs> this is true. Um, yeah, I mean, I lo- I used to love the Saints Row games, and I played through the first four. Um, but I never actually got to get out of hell. I kind of jumped off after after four. Like I really enjoyed four. It's batshit crazy. I mean, you end up fighting aliens in a stolen spaceship. Like it's just, yeah, it's just completely nonsensical. But it's good fun. Um, but I just never got around to get out of hell. I I picked it up on PS4, but um, for whatever reason, just got sidetracked with other things. Um, I just said I have heard stacking has a great reputation i'm kind of mixed with double fine games like some of them i really get into um like they're a real eclectic company like they they have they develop a lot of different games um obviously they they developed um or actually no they published rather gang beasts so you sometimes you you forget what they've published and what they developed themselves but i mean obviously uh, puzzle adventure games are kind of there bread and butter though so you can see kind of why stacking would have such a reputation so it's really worth checking out if it's your kind of game and, and bleed 2 looks like a little small title that would be fun to, to play around with um but there's no i wouldn't say there's something here that kind of is a you know is going to go down as one of the the games are gold greats you know there, there's certainly been bigger titles in the past yeah, that's the thing. I mean, get, games with gold kind of seems a bit more pointless than PlayStation Plus stuff now because it'll just go in Game Pass. <laughs> that's the thing. It's it's nice, but 
I can't remember the last thing I got from Games with Gold that I actually, like, played substantially. It's probably, like, very early this uh, last gen. It's a bit strange. It's a bit strange situation for uh, Games with Gold. That's true, actually. I hadn't really thought about that. I mean, there's there's so many titles in Game Pass that are far and away better than the titles that tend to be offered in, in Games of Gold. So why would you ever even look at the Games of Gold? I'm, I'm sure there's yeah. a lot of Game Pass subscribers who don't even bother redeeming their Games of Gold titles anymore because there, there's nothing really that's that's worth their while, where I suppose at least, you know, we'll come onto the PlayStation Plus lineup now, but at least they tend to kind of make a little bit of effort, you know, trying to get new multiplayer games in as titles and, and sometimes they'll, they'll give you decent triple a titles like last month there was um middle earth shadow of war which you know it's a, it's a couple of years old now but it was a, a big enough title at the time uh perhaps for the wrong reasons given a bit of controversy over the uh the microtransactions, but nonetheless, it, it was uh, it was still a big title. So, I think games games of gold has kind of become a, an afterthought from Microsoft at this point. Yeah, it probably has. It probably has. Um, what are we looking for? PlayStation. Um, I mentioned Just Cause already. Um, yeah. So, Worms so- Rumble and the last one. I'm sure you want to mention only for comic reasons. Yeah, so the PlayStation Plus lineup for December 2020, we have, there's three games that will be on offer rather than the usual two. There'll be Team 17's Worms Rumble, Avalanche's Just Cause 4, and Final Strike Games Rocket Arena. Worms Rumble offers a new spin on the classic Worms formula, arena combat with up to 32 players, and the title will be making its debut on PlayStation platforms here. Just Cause 4, which was originally released in December 2018, is an action-adventure title in which players can explore and blow up a fictional South American country. And Rocket Arena is an arena shooter which first launched in July of this year. Launched as a full-price title, it could quickly be found in stores at a fraction of the price and its player base is dwindled. Perhaps life as a PS Plus title can reverse its fortunes. So, I mean, there, there's a stark difference between every... You'll have heard of every one of those PlayStation Plus titles. Um, maybe <laughs> Rocket Arena for the wrong reasons. But nonetheless, you know, that you're you're not going to have to Google what any of those are, which kind of shows the, the difference in the attitude from, from Sony to Microsoft. And as I said, it's, you know, Game Pass is such a good deal. Maybe Microsoft don't need to to pay attention to games at goal. But I mean, there's a, there is certainly things here that you'd, you'd want to check out. I mean, Worms Rubble, I'm sure a lot of people will be checking out because it's a new game. It's multiplayer. We've seen in the past games like Fall Guys and Rocket League get their start mm. and their popularity from being PlayStation Plus titles. So it's a, it's a good move by Team 17. Um, just Cause 4 is one of those, just like I talked about Shadow of War before, that's one of those double A titles, um, that people are gonna give a go if they haven't already. And Rocket Arena, this just seems like a Hail Mary move by them because this, this, as we said way back when, when we covered this game, when it was revealed, it should have been a free to play title from day one. And even then, 
I thought it looked really generic and I personally wouldn't have given it a shot, but at least it would have had a fighting chance as a, as a free to play game. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned it was uh, pretty much a smash clone, didn't we? And the, the similarish games, I mean, I don't think anything's of the quality of smash, but there's what Ubisoft brawl holler and stuff like that. I think that's free on pretty much all the platforms. Um, I'm sure I know it is on Nintendo um, for sure, but it's, yeah, we we said at the time, didn't we? I, I can't remember. I can't remember what Ubisoft, uh, what uh, event it was when Rocket Arena was shown. It's just like, what? Why? Why has this got screen time, stage time, or whatever the hell the right term is? It's it's just very strange. But yeah, I think it, it's always weird because you see, obviously, we know a lot. I know a lot of PlayStation people because. There's just more of you. There's more of you lot. <laughs> um, and they always bring up how good PS Plus game monthly games are. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know what our games are. <laughs> I just simply don't know. But yeah, we've made, a, we've made a good point accidentally here, Carl, that games with gold's dead. Yeah, certainly. I think that that that's uh, that could well be the the takeaway here. Um, it was actually EA Play in which Rocket Arena was, was uh, unveiled, and it was uh, like in their little segment where they covered their three kind of smaller studio projects, and they had the game from um, the company that did A Way Out. Um, I'm gonna get them up now. You know the crazy guy who oh wasn't it Dicey or something like that? No, that was everyone's up the um, Swedish people. Light. Yeah, so they're, they're, that's the studio's name. Uh, their new title is... Um, oh, it's killing me. It I Takes know- Two, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's It Takes Two. That rings a bell, yes. Yeah, I think it's their, their new kind of co-op game. And then there was that other game from a new, new studio. That, that was I the Dicey I can't one. think of that. But that looked like um, kind of reminds you of like a, a Nightmare Before Christmas yes. type animation. It looked amazing, and then you had Rocket League, this or Rocket Arena rather. Sorry, Rocket League's a great game. Uh, Rocket Arena, which was this kind of Fortnite slash Quake slash Smash Bros type mashup, just but just somehow ended up looking really generic. And you just knew it was going to fail regardless of what they did. And when you, when I'd walk in stores and see it for 60 euro, I'd just laugh. And how the hell is this game 60 euro? And soon it was five euros. So, you know, it didn't, uh, it, it didn't take too long to drop down. I mean, I, I think it's Steam numbers were at double digits, um, not so long ago. So, I mean, you think about the millions of people that use Steam and only 60, 70 people were playing that game. I mean, it's, it's uh it's quite pathetic so um i don't really fancy um its chances even as a ps plus title but i'd be very interested to see how worms rumble is picked up and i'll be definitely giving it a go myself because well it's it's free and uh you can play with your mates so what's not to love the free thing is the main thing (laughs) if something's free (laughs) you will definitely play it um but we'll move on from that, and obviously we want to try and get through the news at somewhat of a pace, somewhat of a pace. But I mean, I mentioned the console launches. Let's—I mean, PlayStation's done all right, hasn't it? 
Yeah, so Sony says PS5 is, quote, our biggest console launch ever, end quote. And the full story is over on Eurogamer from Wesley Yin Pool, so give it a read over there if you haven't already. Sony has said PlayStation 5 is, quote, our biggest console launch ever, end quote, but is yet to announce exact sales figures. This means the PS5 had the biggest console launch ever of any console with the previous record holder being the PlayStation 4. As announced by Sony in December 2013, 2.1 million PS4s were sold globally after going on sale on the 15th of November. Sony said demand for PS5 is, quote, unprecedented, end quote, but more stock will hit shops before the end of 2020. And again, you can read the full story over on Eurogamer. I really hope that stock hits sooner rather than later because it's great seeing how fast they're selling until you remember that you don't have one. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a bit of a problem, isn't it? It's a, it's a good one. But obviously you've not got one, so it's kind of annoying. But, I mean, was this always expected? We've obviously had, as a world, a, hor- a horrendously crap time of a year but I mean even in the last couple of months I don't want to say feel good because Covid is still around and stuff like that but we've had Trump losing we've had the console launches I mean one of them is more significant than the other obviously um, but I, 2010 is not turning into a good year but it, it's, it's finished on a somewhat of a high yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult to comment on what exactly this means that the, the PS5 have sold better than the PS4 because obviously we're in an economic climate where you wondered if, if a lot of people have the money for these new expensive consoles. And also, but at the same time, also because of the, the pandemic, we, we, we thought there was going to be supply restraints, which there seems to be. So obviously they've quickly sold how many they had, but we don't know exactly how many that was. Um, now the PS4, when it launched, it, it launched in mid November 2013 in the US, the end of the month in Europe. And then it didn't actually launch in Japan, which was a bit shocking, like its home market until February 2014. So obviously the PS4 had released in less regions at that point in December. But we still don't know. There might have been more PS4s available in those regions than there are PS5s available worldwide now. So it's a very hard comparison to make because there's so many factors. But nonetheless, we, we can take that it has sold very well and i'm sure will continue to do so as they release them i mean i, I wouldn't be surprised if they won't catch if supply won't catch up with demand until mid 2021 at this rate which says it all about how much people want these consoles even if money is tight at the moment you have attempted to get an xbox got a lot uh, no, I mean, not, not, not in lieu of a PlayStation, but, uh, you know, I do intend to get a Series S eventually. Um, and I did at one point, I'll be honest, I, I did kind of think, oh, maybe I'll get the Series S now and then pick up the PS5 next fall when there's more games out. Um, I did think about it and just, just going for Game Pass, but then I thought, 
there's no real reasons to get an Xbox yet because there's nothing, there's no kind of big Xbox series pulls for Game Pass. Like, because Halo, if Halo had come out, I may well have pulled the trigger, but because it didn't, uh, I was able to <laughs> resist that temptation. Yeah, I certainly see. I mean, maybe maybe at the end, of, well, I might do it now, actually. I mean, obviously, I've had the Xbox for a couple of weeks now. Um, the, this has probably been Xbox's problem for a while. The hardware is, 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 is really good. It's it, it's fast. It runs games well. Um, Valhalla's just introduced that you can finally choose between performance and quality and all that jazz. Um but there's just there's nothing. There is a selling point because Game Pass is a selling point, but a unique selling point. Like gamers want games. That's been the problem. Obviously, Xbox has put in put into place stuff to fix this. But I mean, Free Fall Free was the the one and only hope, and they obviously got delayed to the pandemic, and their demonstration was very potatoy. Um. But yeah, I certainly see. It. I mean, the S, <clears throat> the S obviously is a selling point for casual gamers and to saving two hundred quid and etc. And we we've done that, we've done that to death on this podcast. But for gamers, I, I just don't really see what would turn someone from PlayStation to Xbox at this minute. I can see down the line, like I could see why, I could see someone. The want avowed. We don't know what the Elder Scrolls will be um, exclusive yet, or etc. But I t- if the launch was next year for both of them, I, I think there'd be a better argument. But at this stage, yeah, I can I can see why Sony uh, PlayStation fans would just be like, "No, it's no real point." That's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, there there just isn't anything there at the, the moment. You know, if you're going to go for Xbox, it's because maybe you prefer the controller or you prefer the the interface. And I have heard some positives about the Xbox compared to the PS5 at the moment in that I think it's it's a little better at kind of displaying the the enhancements as far as like the, the SSD, for example, because mm. um, the Xbox series consoles are able to run the Xbox One x versions whereas the ps5 is only running the ps4 pro versions which means when you're playing older games you're you're seeing loading like i think avengers for example was loading maybe like 45 50 seconds faster on the series x than on the ps5 but that's because it's running the last gen version obviously when the next gen versions come out and are optimized i'm sure those scores will be much tighter um, but for now, I think it's it's nice press for the Xbox that it's that's being highlighted for it. That at the moment, it's it's shown the better benefit in terms of the loading speeds, and also I've heard a lot of good things about the the instant resume feature, quick resume, or quick resume that yeah. Uh, I've heard a lot about that. Whereas the the PlayStation could be a bit of a pain for switching between things. So yeah, a people, lot of people people have... don't seem to get quick resume. I'm like. Maybe it's maybe some people just play a lot of single player games and like dive deep on it, but like <clears throat> this may sound like a problem for Xbox, but the amount of times I've swapped between like Assassin's Creed, 
um, Valhalla to COD, Cold War, um, to Overwatch and stuff like that. It's it's, it's numerous times, but I don't, obviously Sony would probably say is the, the console for the um, single player, you'd say. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's that, there is the argument to be made that the, the games are loading much faster now, so why do you need a quick resume feature? But I mean, the, the, the more convenient, the better. And I mean, as, as adult gamers, you know, we, we have other commitments and then obviously the people we're playing with have other commitments. So it's very hard to get those little windows where you can play together. So you might be on playing Valhalla, as you said, and then one of your mates might give you a text and say, oh, I have uh, half an hour to get a few games of Call of Duty in before dinner. And then you can kind of hop across quickly, use that feature, play some COD, and then quick resume back to your Assassin's Creed when he goes to have dinner with his missus type of thing. You know, it's it's really handy and convenient. And, you know, convenience is, is what life is all about these days. It's 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 kind of one of those things that, that's highly sought after is anything that makes our lives more convenient. And I think this feature is is um, sounds quite, quite convenient and, and therefore quite useful so i can see why it's it's getting a lot of praise but i am hearing as well that there's a few hiccups with both the series s and the series x so far a few people have had kind of technical issues um already um which is unfortunate a lot of people are making comparisons to the red rings ring of dead even though i gather it's not nearly that extreme um, but there, there does seem to be a, a few technical hiccups. I'm assuming you haven't experienced any yet yourself. Um, well, actually, <laughs> unfortunately, I have. But it, it, it's been—I don't know if it's the Xbox or Cold War. It, it just randomly turned my Xbox off. But it's very strange. Like, just middle, like. It's not even like I'm running the... Actually, it did happen on the campaign. because I, tr- I was thinking, I'll try the campaign because COD campaigns are good. Got through like the first cinematic, walked about two feet and it just turned my Xbox off. And I was like, well, that's fantastic. Um, and it happened quite It's happened quite consistently, to be honest, when I'm playing online. And it's happened to my mates as well. So I presume it's more COD than anything. Or something. It's just very strange. Very strange indeed. Like you get the odd crash, like you do with any game, but it—it's not crashing. It's like rebooting your Xbox. It's—I I just don't know. I don't know. Quick resume fails the odd time, but it—that—that that just. I think that just happens. I think that ha- that happened on um, uh, last year Xbox as well. So it might just be. I'm not. I don't know the technicalities behind it, but. Yeah. hopefully it's just something that can be, be yeah. patched then if it is linked to the game and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure it will i mean we, we've that's just part of the modern yeah. uh gen of, of games it seems i mean we've had that with games over the past few years where when they're initially released they they can cause all sorts of problems with consoles i know uh Anthem was was uh, pretty bad for that and, and and that came as if it needed more bad press but it was <laughs> So uh, hopefully they'll get that. I'm sure they will. Um, you know, being Activision, I'm sure they'll get that that uh, sorted quite quickly. Yeah, you hope so. You hope so. Speaking of Anthem, actually, I think that's a nice segue well, look into at you. our fourth story. Look at you. Uh, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, always, always on the lookout. 
BioWare and Ubisoft veterans create yellow brick games. And this comes from Marie Dilassandri over on GameIndustry.biz. I hope I didn't butcher her name. So go over and read the full story if you haven't already. And Marie writes... A group of industry veterans from the likes of BioWare and Ubisoft has founded a new independent studio, Yellow Brick Games, which will be based in Quebec City. The founding team includes Mike Laidlaw, former creative director of the Dragon Age franchise at BioWare, where he spent 14 years. He most recently was a creative director at Ubisoft. He's joined by Thomas Giroux, Jeff Skalski, and Frédéric Saint-Laurent B, who collectively have experiences at Ubisoft, BioWare, Electronic Arts, and Activision Blizzard. The new studio promised to, quote, further cement the region's leading role in the global entertainment scene, end quote, with its first original project, which is yet to be revealed. Yellow Brick Games also said it wants to prioritize a, quote, craftsmanship approach, end quote, with its projects, moving away from the type of AAA structure they have all experienced with. Quote, we want to emphasize a back-to-basics approach centered on the pleasure of crafting new game experiences in a flexible and more personable environment that an independent studio can provide, end quote, Giroux said. Skalski added, quote, we have learned a lot from working on world-class multi-year projects with thousands of colleagues and we want to take a different approach Leveraging a smaller, talented team where people come first, we will create amazing worlds and experiences for all others to enjoy. The market is moving fast and we have no desire to play catch-up and chase it when we can influence where it goes. These goals drove us to found Yellow Brick Games, end quote. It's interesting considering Mm. the names that are involved and I know a lot of people will have heard of Mike Laidlaw. I mean, he was was big at... um, Bioware, particularly when it came to Dragon Age, and I'm a big, big Dragon Age fan, as we've established on this this podcast. Um, and it 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 sounds like we're getting a small studio here, you know, that's for the developers. So I'm guessing that means no crunch. You know, they didn't mention crunch. But I'm getting guessing that's what it, what they're getting at. But I'd be really intrigued to see what their their first project is, given the the pedigree of the, the people involved. Yeah, it's quite interesting. I mean, it's always good when when clearly talented people make a make a new stu- uh, make a new studio. It's um, if you think about what's the word I'm looking for. Hmm. Formulaic, that's a, that's the word I was looking for. Christ, if you're looking for formulaic games, you'd probably think Ubisoft is the king of that, and Bioware, we, we, we know the troubles that Bioware's had since... Do, do, do. I mean, Dragon Age Inquisition was fantastic, but probably since the end of Mass Effect 3, I know that was before Inquisition, but there, there, there was... You could see EA sleep at, just sneaking in, couldn't you? Um... So it, it, it'd be nice for these talented people to get almost a free reign at stuff. So it, it, it it's just it's just good news. So hopefully they have enough funding and, and can make the, the projects they want. 
Yeah, certainly. That's I mean that's the, the difficulty when you go out on your own. But um, I'm sure they'll they'll likely get um, a publisher on board quite quickly, uh, given the the team that's there. And I'll be very interested in seeing um, what kind of game they go with. I mean, mm. maybe it'll be an RPG, given um, private division the, the will be all over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the way things are going, certainly. Um, but yeah, no, I wish obviously wish Yellow Brick Games all the the best with their first project, and can, can we see uh, what they have in store? Hopefully, we don't have to wait too long. Uh, maybe next kind of E three season could be. Uh, we we might get a look at it. Um, but talking about large studios and and the drawbacks of them and how projects can go so wrong uh, a la Anthem Um, there's another very similar game that isn't having things its way at the moment Um, so our next story Marvel's Avengers hasn't recouped its development cost yet and the full story is over on IGN from Joe Scrabble so go over and give that a read if you haven't already and Joe writes Marvel's Avengers sales have been lower than expected, and the game hasn't yet recouped its development costs, leading to an estimated 7 billion yen, approximately $67 million, operating loss in Square Enix's HD game segment during the last financial quarter. Company president Yozuke Matsuda explained in a newly translated results briefing Quote, sales of Marvel's Avengers were lower than we had expected and unable to completely offset the amortization of the game's development costs, end quote. Game analyst David Gibson previously explained that the company sold 60% of its planned units and that the numbers implied the game cost around $100 million to make. Responding to an investor's question on the subject, Matsuda clarified that Had Avengers not been released in that quarter, the company would have made a profit. That comes down to both development and marketing costs. Quote, in addition to the amortization of the game's development costs, end quote, explained Matsuda, quote, another significant factor associated with the title was the fact that we undertook a major advertising campaign at the time of its launch to make up for delays in our marketing efforts resulting from the COVID-19 pandemic. There's a certain amount of development costs still to be amortized in third quarter, but we want to recoup it by growing our sales going forward, end quote. Matsuda doesn't offer concrete plans, but said the hope is that updates will help drive new sales. Quote, we hope to make up for slow initial sales by offering ample additional content to grow our sales, end quote. Developer Crystal Dynamics recently announced the December release date for its first post-launch hero and campaign, announced another and potentially teased other heroes to come beyond that. Surprised at all by this guy? No, the game's pretty shit. <laughs> I mean, to put it bluntly, I, I give it a chance. I, I bought it. It was... Uh, it was just not very good. Um, like, if it was 20 quid or 15 quid, it would be fine. It's... Oh, it's just, it's, we kind of just, that's what we thought when we saw it though, wasn't it? It's like, 
the cast is very talented, and we said that it's um, Nolan North, uh, is it Laura Bailey plays? Troy Baker, Troy Laura Baker, Bailey, yeah. and uh, Travis Willingham. Christ. You just think... Like, they're, they're fine. They're, they're fine in the game, but it's like... It's just a... It's a thankless task in this game. If you've not played it, you... Well, you probably can't understand because you've seen <laughs> you've seen it. Um, it's just kind of unacceptable in twenty twenty. Like, if it was two thousand and eight Xbox three hundred and sixty era, you'd probably think it's a fine game, maybe seven out of ten. But it, this is not. This is like a late gen game, it, and it's it's pathetic, really. It just is. It's. I'm just kind of annoyed I paid money for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gather. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm just looking at the Black Friday sales now, and it's it's currently down to £27 on Amazon, and I know it's kind of a similar, but I think I've seen it as low as £25 in other sales. So that's a, a crazy drop, considering the kind of game it is. I mean, it's only been out a couple months. It's a massive game that costs a lot of money to make, as, as the, the story just indicated. You wouldn't see this kind of price drop usually so quick. The only time we've really seen it with a this kind of game you know these kind of online games is probably with anthem and that's a bad sign considering how things went there although i think anthem was a lot better a lot yeah not even joking the division two dropped in price quite quickly as well like because because i just i mean when this game was first announced it was like oh my god it's a big avengers project i you know i love marvel it's from crystal dynamics i loved the the tomb raider reboot you know, this was a, like a dream come true. And then you find out it's a multiplayer game and you see it and it's kind of like, Ugh. and the fact that I didn't pull the trigger on this, considering how much I love Marvel, so it says a lot about how bad this game looks and, and how bad I've I've heard things are. Like, a, I mean, if it was a tenor in the Black Friday sale right now, I'd probably pull the trigger just, just to play around with it. But even £27 seems way too sweet steep all things considered and you know i'm sure given the the outlay on this game they're gonna have to go away and and make major improvements and i don't think just releasing a handful of new store um, heroes and stories missions are are really going to make the difference i mean you you have to almost go and 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 revamp the game which is going to cost a lot more Mm. money it's just i think they're releasing kate bishop in december the game saved yes game of the year now it's just it's just I I don't know why they made this decision with this game I mean if it was a single player title it would have cost a hell of a lot less to make and it probably already would have sold gangbusters I mean you look at how well Spider-Man has done and how well Miles Morales has now done you know Marvel games sell it's not that hard to sell them you know so that this game should sell itself it shouldn't have needed a big ad advertising campaign and I remember seeing those adverts on on TV like this kind of game should sell itself and it, it you know it had initial decent sales but it's kind of fallen off now and that's a, a big concern considering how much Square Enix put into it and let's remember this is the year in which Square Enix also released Final Fantasy VII Remake, a game which has done really, really well yeah. and has sold a lot of copies. 
there should have been a big year for them and, and at the moment they're running off a loss because Avengers has, has tanked. So it is it is a concern for them. I mean I'm not I'm sure they they've got boatloads of, of reserves with with how well things like Final Fantasy have done in recent years and obviously Final Fantasy fourteen is a constant cash cow as is the the um the Dragon Quest um ten in, in kind of Asian regions in terms of MMOs and if you've got successful MMOs you, you've got a good cash flow but nonetheless this this, this has been quite quite a surprise how, how much it's tanked. Well it's not a surprise since we've seen it but it's a surprise since when it was revealed. Yeah that that's the thing I mean you'd maybe think it'd be one of them games where people just go I mean it's probably why I bought it, and the fact I was just simply bored. But you just think it's Marvel; it'll be fun at the very least. You'll buy it, but I mean that might have happened for a week or so. But pff, it's nothing to sustain it. The in-game content not good. The gameplay is not good. The stories, the stories like. If I say cartoony, it probably makes sense in it for like a Marvel situation, but it's like cartoony in a cheesy shit way rather than an actual cartoon. <laughs> um, it's just a shame, really, because as you say, it can't be hard to sell Marvel stuff. Look at, like, look at Spider-Man and Miles Morales. I'm sure is going to be the biggest game of is the uh, biggest game of uh, the launch period. You'd probably say. It's all you had to do was make. Even if you did stick with, even if you do stick with the uh, the multiplayer system, all you have to do is make a fun game. Make a fun game. Make it thirty quid. People will buy it. Don't don't make a a half-assed game seventy quid. Market it hugely, which I'm sure you have to once you get in the thing with Disney and Marvel. But I'm, I'm sure Disney don't want a crap product, and there'll some be some people who don't like the MCU and probably disagree, but making a bad film's one thing, but making a bad game, like you you'll you'll for you'll you'll forget a you'll forget a bad film in no time because there's another one every year. But a bad game, I mean when's the next Marvel Marvel game? I mean Miles Morales is technically it, but that's an exclusive for Sony. It, it it's just it has a a lasting impact, I think. Yeah, um, that is that's a good point. Actually, I'm not not really. I mean, obviously, Spider-Man Two is inevitable, but um, beyond that, I, I, there, there doesn't, I'm not aware of any Marvel projects um, on the horizon. I mean, um, you know, we'll we'll come on to our final story in a moment. But one one game that that is clearly lacking and that. You know, is a is a ongoing Marvel series that the Marvel vs. Capcom series, but it doesn't seem there's going to be one of those at least for the next four years. So that kind of rules that out. So I, I do wonder what the next big cross-platform game in, involving Marvel will be, um, because we we haven't quite quite gotten it yet. The, the only one recently is Avengers, and obviously that that has has tanked quite badly. Mm. It's you know you don't want to oversaturate because that's that's then when quality drops. But Marvel are being picky, and they're they're 
still not always hitting mm. those heights as, as this is evidence of. So it'll be interesting to see what comes next. Disney are pretty much 0-2 with licenses. Well, not licenses, but games. Like EA with Star Wars, apart from Jedi Fallen Order, is pretty crap. Avengers was crap. Spider-Man's... If Sony didn't own Spider-Man, Spider-Man would be crap somewhere else. <laughs> it's... It's... It's probably just the thing. It's like Sony's kind of saved Spider-Man and probably saved Disney from having a bad game because maybe they would have given it to Insomnia anyway, but they were obviously independent when uh, Spider-Man 1 was handed over. Surely Disney must just get sick of people wasting their stuff and just eventually reopen the game studios. They must do. Yeah, I mean, because obviously you've got the Star Wars side of things as well, and obviously they signed the deal with EA there, and um, that hasn't quite worked out. Although I think things are somewhat turning a, a corner. Obviously, Jedi Fallen Order um, did quite well, and I hear decent things about uh, Squadrons. I think, you know, kind of mm. releasing it as a kind of more of a budget title um, was a good call on their part. Um, it got a lot more people in 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 on it. So, um, I mean, I myself have my eye on it, and, and hemming and hawing about picking it up because, you know, one of my favorite part of Star Wars games is as fun as it is to to climb into a kind of a world where you can uh, use lightsabers and the Force. Um, you know, climbing into the cockpit of a an X-wing and pretend you're flying around is probably as good as it gets when it comes to to Star Wars games. Um, that's my take. Sorry, wannabe Jedi's. Um, and this game is just completely about that. So what what's not to love? So, um, it, it is turning a corner, but at the same time. Neither of those games have been those, oh my god, this game is mind-blowing, you know, to to the level of of, uh, Spider-Man. So um, I I think Spider-Man is the only really big hit that that in the game sphere that um, Disney has had with either of these properties. And that's that's kind of crazy when you think about how how popular um, both uh, Marvel and Star Wars are that that there hasn't been more hits than than just the one game. Yeah, yeah. And Miles Morales is just half a game, <laughs> so it's uh, it's 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 a pro it's a problem for Disney. It's a problem for Disney. Um, but it will be interesting to see how it develops. But uh, shall we blow through the last news and then we'll do half an hour or so on a year of year of um. Last year, yeah. So um, our last story kind of left the the best for last, or the worst for last, depending on your point of view. Capcom ransomware attack worsens as release schedule posted online, and this comes from Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer. So give it a read over there if you haven't already. Capcom has suffered another serious information breach as part of the recent ransomware attack, which the company acknowledged. As details of its upcoming game release schedule up to the end of 2024 have been posted online. It follows a cache of documents posted earlier this week, which included details on upcoming releases, source code, and employee personal data. 
The widely reported list of upcoming games includes numerous unannounced projects and covers up until the end of the financial year 2024. It's worth remembering this list may already be outdated as it came from a document dated to earlier this year and that future game products reliably changed or get delayed or disappear entirely long before they're ever ready to be announced to the public. Regardless, it's another disastrous moment for Capcom and an incredibly worrying sight for current and former employees who remain concerned their own personal details might be posted online next. The company has said it's now, quote, contacting individuals whose information it has verified to have been compromised to explain the background of this incident and current situation, end quote. Though an IGN report last night included comments from staff at one former studio, Capcom Vancouver, who believed their details are at risk, but who said they have not been contacted so far. Quote, Capcom would once again like to reiterate its deepest apologies for any complications or concerns caused by this incident, end quote, the company said in a statement earlier this week. Quote, as a company that handles digital content, it is regarding this incident with the utmost seriousness. In order to prevent the reoccurrence of such an event, it will endeavour to further strengthen its management structure while pursuing legal options regarding criminal acts such as unauthorised access of its networks, end quote. And you can get the full story over on Eurogamer. And I have the list of games here. We have Resident Evil Outbreak, Q4, Financial Year 21, Dragon's Dogma 2, Q2, Financial Year 22, Street Fighter 6, Q3, Financial Year 22, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Q4, Financial Year 22, Monster Hunter 6, Q2, Financial Year 23, Biohazard Apocalypse, Q3, Financial Year 23, Super Street Fighter 6, Quarter 4, Financial Year 23, Final Fight Remake, Q2, Financial Year 24, Power Stone Remake, Q3, Financial Year 24, Ultra Street Fighter 6, Q4, Financial Year 24, and lastly, Resident Evil Hank, Q4, Financial Year 24. So, this, this is pretty unprecedented, uh, you know, a company having all the releases for the next four years leaked. I mean, what, what what's your thoughts on this one, Guy? It's not good, is it? It's just... It's pretty horrendous. I, obviously, as technology advances for everyone, I mean, people, hackers and all that jazz, that they'll obviously get more advanced themselves. It's it's a shame for Capcom, but everyone's a target at some point. It's it's just unfortunate. You have to say, you just have to say. Um, It's nice to know what games are coming out, though. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty insane to see Street Fighter Six, Super Street Fighter Six, and Ultra Street Fighter Six all revealed in the same go. I mean, as a street uh, like for a Street Fighter fan, that's that's really weird to think you you know kind of when the better versions of the game are going to come out. Um, I mean, obviously, if you're looking up at the time between Street Fighter 6 and Super Street Fighter 6, you've got roughly a 15-month period there, give or take a, a couple months. 
And then another 12 months on from that, you've got Ultra Street Fighter 6. Now, obviously, though, they could be subject to, to, to changes in terms of the timing, but it, it's really strange. Also, the notable to me is the Resident Evil. You know, you, you've got Resident Evil, but then you've also got Biohazard, which is just the Japanese name for Resident Evil. So it, it's strange that they flip between the two. And I'd be very interested in knowing what Resident Evil Outbreak biohazard apocalypse and especially resident evil hank are i mean what a title resident evil hank it's just the guy's name yeah it's i'm never been i'm not a huge fan of resident evil as i think it's been it's been well established i suppose but the numbered ones seem to be good apart from six or is it seven? Whatever the most recent one is. No, not seven, six. I think it is six. Um, so, I... What, what's the next one called again? Resident Evil Village. Village, that's the one. So, that that's number... Is that eight? Yeah, it's good. So, that's eight. Because it yeah. has eight, eight the Roman numeric yeah. numerals yeah, for yeah. each, yeah. So, his outbreak going to be... What was it? Raccoon City? Is it going to be the the next equivalent of that or something like that? God, I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I mean, I think out of that list, the most interesting thing for me is Monster Hunter, I suppose. Yeah, I'm surprised. Like, I'm not surprised that Monster Hunter 6 is on the way, but I'm surprised Monster Hunter World 2 isn't somewhere in Mm. there. That's true. That's true. I mean, maybe maybe they're they're molding into similar things. I mean, Capcom in recent years have been very on the ball and giving fans what they want. Um, I mean, we've seen that with the remakes of the Resident Evil games, and it's nice, obviously, to see. We knew this was continuing, obviously, with Resident Evil 4, but I'm quite surprised that that's still two years away. I mean, there there was only a year break between Resident Evil 2 remake and Resident Evil 3 remake, and people assumed it would be the same case here, but obviously not, so it sounds like they're putting a lot more into this while also working on three other Resident Evil projects. Um, so that that's exciting. But I mean, you, you look at some of the other, Dragon's Dogma too, like Dragon's Dogma was a, a big hit for them. Um, I love Dragon's Dogma. I recently actually watched the Dragon's Dogma anime, which is on Netflix. It was a decent watch. Um, so it's great they're finally coming back to that series. And obviously Final Fight and Power Stone are two really popular games i mean people have been calling for a power stone kind of hd collection or remake for a long long time so people would be really excited at this one and and final fight i mean considering how well street fighter 4 did earlier this year final fight is kind of maybe the one of the other beat em up series that that people think of so i mean there it just seems like more of the same they're giving fans what they want so that's great to see it's just a shame that we've kind of had the surprise uh ruined uh four years out for for some of these games yeah yeah it's it's it is a shame because we do like surprises but were any of these too unpredictable, I suppose. Apart from Hank. <laughs> no, well, I mean, I don't think anything at all surprised me. We knew there was going to be a Street Fighter Six. We knew there'd be revisions of that game. We knew there was going to yeah. be a lot of new Resident Evil games and more remakes. We knew there'd be more Monster Hunter. 
And, you know, it's it's not a surprise they're going back to some of their older games and, and giving them a new coat of paint, mm. given how popular doing so is these days and, and how much hunger there is for fans for those. So there's no real surprises in there. And I, I think um, that's what people are disappointed at because people wanted to be surprised, maybe see a, a couple new IPs potentially or um, kind of maybe, I think I know Mega Man was a big miss for a lot of people. Um, but that's not to say that this is a full list. That's an exhaustive list. There, there could be more games to come and there could have been other lists. We, we don't know yet. So I suppose there, there are still question marks over Capcoms. They, they might yet surprise us with one or two things in the next few years. Yeah, they might. Well, we still don't know. We still don't know what Hank is. <laughs> so that might be something, something surprising, <laughs> I suppose. Um, shall we? Get into our first year. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, start at the beginning. Um, the, the launch windows in holiday 2013, uh, starting with the, the PlayStation 4 because it launched first. Now, it launched with 26 titles, the highlights of which were Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, Battlefield 4, Call of Duty Ghosts, Killzone Shadowfall, Knack, The Playroom, Resogun, and Sound Shapes. Now, I say highlights, that's not to say they were all good games. Obviously, Knack is not a good game, and I would never pretend that it was a good game. But it is a first-party exclusive, so we have to have it in there. Little, little disclaimer. I mean, any, any, what are the standards there for you guys from the, the PlayStation 4 launch lineup? And obviously some of these are cross-platform mm. games and we're part of the Xbox, Xbox One launch, which we'll come on to. I mean, it's Black Flag by a mile. <laughs> um, it just is. It just really is. Like Black Flag's my favourite Assassin's Creed game. Because um, pirates are cool. Albeit, like, Val- Valhalla could get there. Um, just depending on how that develops. <sighs> Battlefield 4, 
Battlefield's never really been my cup of tea. It's just too... I like spraying and running about and stuff on COD. Um, and like Titanfall's probably... We'll get to Titanfall, but Titanfall's probably my favourite. FPS with, with Overwatch and stuff like that. So yeah, Battlefield's never really sat too well with me. It's... It's a you can tell it's a fantastic game and stuff like that, but it's just not my cup of tea. I I surprisingly like COD Ghosts, even though most people hated it. Which I mean, I'm going to contradict myself here, but it was kind of a nice change for COD because it was a bit bigger, but it still had like the fun play style. Um, and I quite like the the campaign, but COD as I said earlier, COD campaigns are always good. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I've kind of just gone through them all there, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's Black Flag by a mile at best out of that. It's probably it's the same for the Xbox lot as well. Um, so yeah, Black Flag. Uh, what 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 about you? Yeah, I I think Black Flag is is clearly the 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 biggest title here. I mean, it, it's not hard when you consider that that Battlefield Four was completely broken at launch. And I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of the Battlefield games, particularly towards the end of the previous generation. I, I would have played a lot of Battlefield Three, and at, by that point, I preferred Battlefield's multiplayer to Call of Duty's multiplayer, um, which says a lot. But this game is just completely broken. I never got around to Call of Duty Ghosts, but I gather it was a bit of a, a step down on previous games, and, and a lot of people were left disappointed. And then, kind of the, in terms of the the, the rest. Killzone Shadowfall is apparently a very solid first-party title and was a nice kind of start uh, to the to the first-party exclusives for the the PlayStation scene. Uh, Knack obviously was awful, but you know Knack Two was better. So what what, what was Knack? I'm not familiar with Knack. It was a 3D platformer. You're kind of like a robot that could kind of right come into different parts it was they developed by um uh studio japan um but they, they sound improved, shit <laughs> yeah they, they they improved massively on it for uh the part for mac 2 right which came okay. out a few later it's shocking that it got a sequel but it did and it was better so good for them for improving on things um i mean the the playroom was uh an okay pack-in to show off the, the dualshock 4 and the yeah. playstation camera um, and then obviously Resogun and Soundshape were both massive kind of smaller titles in terms of popularity. A lot of people argue that Resogun was the best exclusive at launch for the console, uh, which says a lot. But again, they are they are smaller titles, so you, you can't focus too much on them. I mean, as far as lineups go, it was good without being a great launch lineup. I mean, it, it was solid. Obviously, there was a lot of sports titles in there as well. There a lot of DA games, among other things. So they had a, a lot there, and it was solid enough. But it there's definitely been better launch lineups for consoles. And it was strange that kind of in the subsequent month or so afterwards, there still nothing, not much of, of note uh, came out, which is why I've really kind of placed the focus of 2013 on the actual launch lineups. Um, but let's move on to the Xbox One launch lineup, and the Xbox One launched a week later. Um, again, Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, Battlefield 4, Call of Duty Ghosts, Dead Rising 3, Forza Motorsport 5, Killer Instinct, 
Raya, Son of Rome, and Zoo Tycoon would be the highlights. Obviously, we've talked a bit about the third-party games. Anything from the exclusives that, that jumps out for you? Um, I mean, we've, we've pretty much the best ones we've cross-platform, um, um, or cross-console, I should say. I really, I really like Sunrise of Rome. <laughs> it's not, it's nothing special, but I think it was. It's not something to. It's weird because, as we've said in previous pods, launch windows aren't necessarily the best. Not the best game, but the kind of like artsy games to show off the the quality of the console. And I think this kind of did. It showed off what the Xbox was capable of, but. It was only like eight hours. If it was like if it got up to about twenty hours, I think it'd be pretty much a perfect launch game to be honest. Because it it was fun. It was artsy. Didn't didn't like blow the socks off you when playing it, but it just looked really nice. It just looked really nice. It was a nice basic game, but for eight hours, it was obviously a lot of hype around it. Um, from 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 Xbox's side, but it was enjoyable. If you went out with little expectation, it was it was it was what it was. Yeah, I mean, I, I played Rise Son of Rome later as a, a Games Pass game, and and I enjoyed it. I mean, and it's it's a very pretty game, and it, it's fun, but it is quite short. And I can maybe understand if I got it at the launch and I was really hyped about it and I played it and finished it in six hours on the first day. I would be quite disappointed having paid 60 euro for it. Um, so I, I can kind of understand that. Um, it is very short. It's very linear. And that, that is a drawback, especially when usually with a launch, traditionally people only get one, maybe two games. So be very disappointed in a way if that was one of your games. Um, outside that, obviously Forza Motorsport 5 is excellent if you're into your racing games. Not really my, yeah. my cup of tea anymore, though. Dead Rising 3 was a bit of a weird one because, I mean, you know, the Dead Rising series had a little bit of a history on, on the Xbox 360. Obviously, Microsoft were keen to keep that going, so they secured this as an exclusive. Later on, obviously, the sequel, Dead Rising 4, was a timed exclusive. But, you know, despite decent review scores, I mean, I think it was in the high 70s on Metacritic at the, at the time, it just... You know, I think it's it's sold okay, but it just wasn't really that 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 big third-party exclusive that that Microsoft might have held, hoped it was. Unfortunately, yeah. Again, it's a it's a fun game, but it's nothing huge. And that's probably that's probably the problem of Xbox for this entire gen. Obviously, in part two, we'll make some more general looks at the gen and stuff like that but yeah fun but no real substance or anything like that it's it's kind of annoying but i did enjoy dead rising 3 it was just it was just what it was it was just more dead rising <laughs> yeah i mean they are what they are at the the end of the day when it comes to, to dead rising you know what you're getting um but i mean overall again with the xbox one I, i'd say it's a solid launch launch lineup largely due to the um third party titles 
um, which obviously were, were cross cross console, but um, again, it's it's certainly not the the best of of launch lineups. Though you could argue our, our launch lineups ever um, amazing. There, there's been too many. I mean, you, there's an argument to be made that the current one, particularly the the PlayStation Five, is 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 right up there. Um, but I mean, enough about the games for a moment. We are talking about that the launch. I mean, what what were your initial thoughts when you got your Xbox One? <laughs> it was weird when I got my Xbox One because. I, I, it was meant to. So I, I was still a child, Tal. Them days, I was getting presents bought for me. Um, I got a game console bought for me for Christmas, but I opened it earlier because I'm a prick. And the game I got with it was COD Ghosts. That's probably why I like it, to be honest. I got COD Ghosts with it, but I, did, I didn't get any other games till Christmas. <laughs> um, so I pretty much played a lot of COD Ghosts and like Killer Instinct and stuff like that, which was obviously free. Um, so I was kind of like, this is great. It's much better than the, the 360 in terms of um, hardware. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't really get the the wow till Christmas. And that's where Rise is kind of fun for me. Because I played that on Christmas. So it was just like, well, this is what next gen's about. Look at this beautiful ass game. Uh, and then I finished, I think I pretty much finished that game on Christmas Day. <laughs> um, which, uh, again, yeah. But I was young and filled with optimism when it came out, and then by the end of it, I was like, "Where the games? <laughs> Where the games are?" <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that is always you, you need games mm. to 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 be able to enjoy a console. I mean, I, I didn't actually get mm. a PS4 at launch because I was a very poor student at the time. <laughs> And I just didn't think it was worth months mm. of suffering to, to save up because I knew about the launch lineup and I, I wasn't that interested in in anything in particular that, that would be enough to to um, inspire me. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll move on to when I got my, my PS4 when we're talking about 2014 and the reasons I finally picked one up. Um, but, you know, when I did eventually get my hands on the console and, and when I got mine, that was actually the first time I played one. I, I hadn't actually gone to kind of, usually in the past, because I, I never mm. really get consoles directly at launch, but I'd go to like a cousin's or yeah. uh, a friend's and, and play it there first. But I never did with the PlayStation 4. Literally the first time I picked up a, a PlayStation 4 controller was when I picked up my own. Um I mean, I love the the PS4. Um, You know, I was moving over from primarily playing on the 360. I I owned a PS3, and I was a little bit concerned because obviously, to to be honest, the PS3 is garbage when it comes to the interface. Like, everything is is horrible. Um, But the PS4 very much learned lessons from that and and improved on everything. Um, I know the PS4 controller gets a lot of flack, Mm. but I, I, I quite like it. You know, I think it's quite solid. I enjoy it. I prefer it to the PS3 console, which always a uh, uh, controller rather, which always felt a bit a bit yeah. flimsy. Um, I I also thought that the console itself was was quite pretty. I liked the the design, particularly compared to the Xbox One, which obviously the the first run of the Xbox One was this one was this big bulky box that looks like a VCR, and you also had the added problem of having to have the uh, the camera um, at the time. Oh, so. connect, lovely stuff. Yeah, lovely <laughs> stuff. Connect two point So, 
Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I was a big fan of the hardware uh, when I finally got my, my hands on it. And obviously things only a bit loud, though, unfortunately. <laughs> that has only continued on to the, um, even the, the, the Pro is is a bit like a jet engine at times. I, I have to give the Xbox that edge, much much more quiet mm. when it comes to the console. Particularly, I mean, the I have an Xbox One S nowadays, and my God, that that thing just purrs. It's, <laughs> it's lovely. It's, it's lovely to play on. Um, but shall we jump into 2014? Because I know you're dying for this. You know, this, this game, your your yes. proclaimed Xbox One exclusive of all time um how, how about you reveal what game we're, we're talking about guy the last of us no. <laughs> um tw- 2014 titanfall march 11th it it's just the most fun it is the most fun i've had on a console in ages like 360 era it's the best of Xbox, obviously. But I was at um, uni. I finally got on console with my new uni mates and stuff like that. Um, and this was probably the first game on on this on that gen where I had a big group of mates playing a game, and it was just this is fantastic, and. I know they were owned by EA and stuff like that, but it would have been so great if Microsoft had this dedication to studios and um, could have got Respawn. I I know they were under the EA banner, but getting an exclusive from EA and Respawn... I mean, Respawn's EA's best best studio now. And Titanfall was exclusive, and obviously Titanfall 2. Titanfall 2 is probably a better game. But Titanfall 1 holds such a special place in my heart because not as many people played it because obviously it was exclusive. But it it was just perfect fun. Absolutely perfect fun. Yeah, I mean, I I can remember uh, when Titanfall was was kind of revealed and seeing everything about it up up until its, its release and beyond. I mean, I was quite... At the time, I didn't have either console. But it was kind of the first thing on Xbox that I was like, oh, my God, I'd love to play that. It it just looks so much fun. And I, I was a little disappointed when I heard it didn't have a it wasn't going to have a single player. But I mean, the, the multiplayer looked like, you know, kind of obviously it's it's Call of Duty influenced, given it's it's pedigree of the pedigree of, of Respawn. Um, but I mean, the Call of Duty had kind of gone a little stale for me, and this just looked kind of fresh and fun yeah. with the big mechs and and everything. And, and adding a, a new co- cod copied with Advanced Warfare as well. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, swings and roundabouts. Um, no, I mean, it, it, this I can see why you you um, praise this game so highly and 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 rate it uh, where you rate it because it, it did just look like a lot of fun and i mean it, it did you know what was xbox 360 good for multiplayer and what is this a multiplayer title this, this is very much yeah. you know microsoft knowing who their audience were and and how to to appease them yeah absolutely absolutely um and i'll i'll go through that i'll, I'll do a bit of reading carly let's do this because Obviously, there's some. Uh, well, it's only a remaster, but there's some big hitters in this in this year. So after Titanfall, we had Metal Gear Solid Five Ground Zero, 
Uh, Infamous Second Son, Wolfenstein The New Order, Watch Dogs, Valiant Hearts The Great War, The Last of Us Remastered, Destiny, which is probably the next one I can talk about, um, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, Two for Two, Look at Me, The Evil Within, uh, Cod Advanced Warfare, as I said, copied, Halo Chief, Halo Chief, Halo The Master Chief Collection, Assassin's Creed Unity, Dragon Age Inquisition, which I mentioned earlier, actually, Far Cry 4, GTA 5, and Tales from the Borderlands. Um, the first one I'll ask you about that. I'm not, hopefully you have played it. Infamous Second Son. It's one that PlayStation fans seem to fawn over, but I, 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 I know what it is. It's like the superhero, anti-hero thing, isn't it? It's um, is is this one of the sleeper games of the generation? It was it was solid. I mean, I I played a few hours of it. Um, I've always meant to go back to it, and I never quite got around to it. I mean, obviously the the original Infamous and Infamous Two on on PS3 were some of the the biggest games on that console in terms of exclusives. I don't think Second Son ever quite got that fanfare, but it, it was highly rated, and I I think a lot of people look at at PlayStation Four kind of slowly warming up in terms of its exclusives i, I think like uh, killzone shadowfall and infamous second stone were seen as as good starts um but they were just a, a kind of a sign of better things to come um but it, it is a it's a, it's an enjoyable game and you know what's it's an open world game where you play as a superhero or or super villain uh so what's not to, to love there and i mean it was out what march 21st you're only talking maybe five months after the console had launched so it's it's still launch window for six months and it's nice to get kind of a, a solid exclusive out there yeah yeah um wolfenstein new order i mean not one to talk about hugely but this kind of showed bethesda were into the next gen um it i've just i think i, I haven't finished it but i re probably last year, played a little bit of it. It, it it's, fan, it's obviously a fantastic game, I just didn't end up finishing it. Next big one to talk about, though, is probably Watch Dogs. Obviously, we got the free reveal, and it was going to be the best game ever made. Um, I think since that moment, gamers have learned, don't, don't, tr- don't trust trailers. Uh, actually, I say that, I trusted Anthem. That was a mistake. Um, well, Watch Dogs, I mean... It was, it was such a letdown considering the hype, but it was an okay game in the end. But the hype was like god tier. Exactly, and I mean that's why I've been included here, particularly, is because you know we're we're reviewing the generation here, and you got to talk about the lows as as much as the highs. And and you know, as you say, Watch Dogs wasn't a bad game by any means. But it was just, it was blown up to be so much more that, than it was. In the end, it was just kind of a a GTA clone with, with um, its, its own little twist. Um, and it was a subpar GTA clone. I mean, if someone could actually clone GTA, then that's going to be a, a notable game. I mean, as you can see, I hey, included Grand Theft Auto V. Don't, don't disrespect Saints Row 1 to 3. 
Well, as, I mean, Saints Row uh, puts its own spin on things. It's very tongue in cheek. It's 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 different enough. But I mean, I, I include Grand Theft Auto Five here, despite it obviously just being a a port to the next gen because of just how massive it was and how massive GTA Online still is, which says a lot. So I mean, if you can get you know even a fraction of the level of GTA, you're doing well. Um, but Watch Dogs just promised so much with the, those those initial trailers, and then and then delivered so much less. And you know, for that reason, I think what was a half decent game um, was kind of swept under the rug because people were just just left disappointed. I, I think that's a it's it's kind of a, a warning serves as a warning to other publishers in in regards of overhyping your your games and and setting expectations way too high. Yeah, it really was. It really was. Um, Last of Us Remastered, the first one's probably more the last gen of that, but as you said, PS3 was a frustrating console for most. Um, Destiny, again, this is probably similar to Titanfall for me. This was probably the game I went on to next, where it was it was about bigger groups, because obviously you raided in a party of six, and it was just... Again, it was the vanilla game of Destiny had no right to be as big as it became. But it just can't... It was just one of them games, like... Again, probably the perfect Xbox game. It's just multiplayer fun. If you played Destiny 1 or even 2 on your own, it's a lonely, boring, repetitive experience. But if you play a game like Destiny on with, with even just one mate, never mind five mates, it, it, it can transform a game like that into the powerhouse that destiny is now yeah and i I mean destiny this was my jumping on on point for the the ps4 september 9th uh, i think it was september 11th here in europe um that was the day on which i went and got my ps4 which i pre-ordered the destiny bundle and um all three of my friends also got the same bundle and we all jumped on for Destiny and spent the next few weeks playing it together. Um, I did have some pesky exams in between, but for the most priorities. Part, <laughs> yeah, for the most part, we we were playing Destiny, and it was it was it was crazy. I mean, it almost felt like you know, even though it was almost a year on, so it wasn't a launch, it almost felt like the launch to us because we were all experiencing it new and at the same time. And, you know, we 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 got on there and, um, it, it, like, as you say, multiplayer made that game. You know, we... we you know, we'd, we'd had a past experience, and I've talked about it before, and we talked about my gaming history and that, about where we were involved in all the clans and that, but we'd kind of taken a long step away from that and, and kind of the, the meeting people online and, and stuff in the, the gaming space. But on Destiny, like, we made a lot of new friends, like pe- people that we we would game with from for months to come afterwards on, on even different games we, we went on to with them. Um, and, and that's what Destiny was all about. I mean, going on, doing a raid with a bunch of randoms and then coming out of that raid, you know, patting everyone on the back and making new friends. I mean, what was what it was all about? And it was just a, it was an insane experience. I mean, and for me, that was the, there was a lot of great games in 2014 and I'm sure we'll talk about a, a, a few more of them now. But, I mean, for me, Destiny was the highlight. 
Yeah, I think it was for me as well. Um, there is one that I could probably get up there with it, but it was more of a slow burn. Um, the one mentioned straight after that, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, I think I preferred the sequel because of the Nemesis system, but for the early gen, and we hadn't really had a Lord of the Rings game since the Return of the King licensed game, which is stuff of legend. But th- th- this was... I thought th- I thought this was really excellent. Like, open world Lord of the Rings, it's what you want from a game. And I think this delivered a nice first step, and I think Shadow of War, later on, built on it massively and really well. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking about a game here that, that won a lot of um, Game of the Year awards. Now, I don't think it was kind of... Uh, I, there is one game we'll, we'll talk about uh, a little later, which won more awards, but th- this was, you know, one of the biggest titles, and it was one of the reasons I picked up the, the PS4 when I did. I mean, Destiny was the primary reason, but, but there were two other reasons, and Middle-Earth Shadow of Mortar was one of those. Um, I mean, it was insane, this game. I got, I got When I started it up, I got completely hooked until I completed it. Like, I, I just couldn't take it out of my PlayStation. Like, it was just so, so good. We were just able to run around. I mean, I loved a lot of the, the previous Lord of the Rings games, like the... the movie tie-ins for the two towers and the return of the king particularly but this was next level stuff and this was one of those games that made you realize that that next gen was here like it's crazy good and i still haven't played shadow of war and i've been meaning to to play it recently but like this game was just insane like so so good yeah absolutely absolutely um, we could probably skip over them. Assassin's Creed Unity. Did you play this one? The the buggy, the buggy, beautiful game well, that it was. That's that's why I've included. It. I I didn't actually play it, but I mean, after the mm. heights of of Black Flag, you know, obviously Unity was was a, a bit of a disappointment for um, you know, for for Assassin's Creed fans, and it was probably the first kind of indication that it, you know, things needed a bit of a, a refresh, uh, you know, a rejig. Yeah. Yeah. Was that your thoughts when you played it? Um, I didn't get too many, too, too many bugs. <laughs> I got the, I got bugs, but I didn't get any of the, um, the skinless head people where it's just floating eyeballs, and so I didn't get any of that. Unity was strange because, albeit it was much criticised, the multiplayer. And it wasn't good. It's kind of a similar story. The other two games I mentioned, playing it with your mates kind of made it fun. There was not much to do, but just kind of pissing about in France as a group of, of group of assassins. And always putting on a French accent, because that's what you do. Um, kind of made it fun in the limited circumstances. And it's kind of, for me, it's kind of a shame that they've pretty much ditched the multiplayer on Assassin's Creed, because they had that hide-and-seek type thing back in 2... and 2.5, I think it was. Um, which, I again, I enjoyed that, but it came, became very repetitive. And then, I think they skipped it with 3, or I didn't play 3 enough, and then Unity, they kind of brought it back as on a world where you kind of with other assassins. And I think that has huge potential. Maybe they have to make it a standalone game rather than a, a side piece or something like that, but it is... 
what I had expected with Assassin's Creed from that time. One had a good story, but became a bit repetitive time. Two and 2.5 were pretty much spot on. Um, Three I didn't enjoy too much. Black Flag, oh my god, please have my babies. Um, And Unity was, the story was just almost boring. Like Three, I've gone back and Googled the story just to know the crack. And even the story looked good. I just, I don't know, I just didn't really like that game for some reason. But Four was just boring. It was predictable. The character was not great. So, I think the game itself was a disappointment, but just making your own fun made me have a soft spot for this game where it really shouldn't. I will say Paris looked beautiful. In this oh, the set, the setting was fantastic. Certainly won't yeah. take away. The city yeah. looked amazing. Um, and that's something that, obviously, in fairness to to the teams behind Assassin's Creed, they always do the locales justice. Um, and for that reason alone, you know, I always I have a copy of this game. I always meant to get around to it, just just to play around the city for a little while, uh, if nothing else. But I just just so much to play mm. that I I never got around to it. But you didn't I mean. Much. I don't think it was a, you know, but from what I hear, it was a bad game. It just, just seemed a little bit of a step down uh, from Black it, Flag. But maybe it's yeah. always going to be when you take you away from Pirates. <laughs> That's very true. It's very true. I mean, going from Pirates to French Revolutions, it's a it's a strange step, I suppose. But it, the story from Black like the setting's fantastic in Black Flag, but the story's kind of intriguing as well and the characters and stuff. Whereas in, in Unity, I think you met Napoleon, and that's like, like I know, I know you're into history. I, I'm into history somewhat, but French Revolution history. I mean, there's only so many King Louis and shit you can note. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, other than Napoleon, there wasn't that many, very many recognizable people. Whereas uh, Black Flag obviously had um, Blackbeard, and the characters themselves, you kind of got along with because they played a part whereas Unity, there was a girlfriend who died and you could see a death coming from a million miles away. There was a shit enemy. It was... Ugh. Ugh, it was bad. It was bad. Um, We'll save the big game till last because we'll probably finish on this year because we're about an hour and a half. Far Cry 4. Obviously had a lot to live up to after Far Cry 3 because Far Cry 3 was... Fantastic. Um, I liked Far Cry 4. Like, I don't think it's as good as 3 because I, although Pagan Min was good, he just wasn't Vaz. Um, but I did enjoy this game and I enjoyed the setting of the Himalayas and I can't remember what the country was, but it was basically... Um, Christ, what's the country called? Tibet. Um, it was basically that. and I really enjoyed it, but it just... A slightly an inch down on a scale from three. Yeah, I'd echo that. I mean, I got Far Cry Four um, quite shortly after it launched. It was one of the first kind of group of of um, PS4 games I'd gotten. I think obviously I started off with Destiny and soon picked up um, Shadow of Mordor and um, Far Cry Four, and then the um, the game we'll finish out with. Um, it was. You know, it was really enjoyable, as you say. Pagan Min isn't quite Voss, um, 
but for the most part, it's just more the same. This is kind of the last Far Cry game I finished. I mean, I own yeah, Five same. and Primal, but I never got around to them, even though I heard great things about Five. Um, but it, it's more the same. I mean, the the Far Cry formula is great. I mean, it's great to just drop into this this open world and just go around and do some crazy stuff and get a little pedal helicopters or whatever they were and it's just made complete mayhem like it's a, it's a lot of fun i think i you know the multiplayer on far cry fun was was good crack, yeah. so i only played it a couple times with, with a mate but we had good fun taking out some of the the um outposts um like it, it was a great game like and it was you know it, it very much played its part in in what was a really solid kind of a second mm. holiday period for the the next gen consoles uh, at the time I the hope current ne- gen at the time I suppose I, I hope 2021 is strong as 2014 <laughs> well yeah exactly like if 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 um 2021 is for the PS5 and Xbox series consoles what um 2014 was for the PS4 and the Xbox One they'll they'll certainly be onto a winner I mean because I mean there's some games we we, we kind of skipped over but like thing you things like Valley and Hearts the Great War which is a brilliant mm. little title that covered World War One which is a, a you know we get a lot of World War Two and there's often World War Two fatigue but you don't get a lot of World War One and it was a genuinely emotional game and it won awards um at the time which which is why i felt it was quite notable and uh tales from the borderlands which you know i'm sure we won't talk in detail but for me yeah. it might be controversial to some people but i think that's the best telltale game that was the height of telltale better than the walking dead better than the wolf among us which were both excellent but tales from the borderlands was was the 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 highlight for me and i mean that was it was just brilliant it was hilarious i mean it was borderlands itself is is always good crack anyway you always get laugh while playing it but tales from the borderlands just took that to, to another level like 2014 is a definite contender for for the best year of the gen like there, there, there's other contenders and we'll come on to them uh in part two but th- this was right up there for me and, and it was topped off with the the, the game that, that we're going to finish out for. I mean, just out of curiosity, did you, did you ever get into the, with the tales of games, something that you, you ever gave a, a try? Um, season one of the walking dead cried. Um, sad, sad game. That's fair. It was, it was very, if, very if you, emotional. If you didn't cry at that, you are dead and sad. Um, don't think I finished Wolf Among Us, but I played a bit of it. I can't remember if I started Tales of the Borderlands. <clears throat> it's something I would like, but it's one of them things where you, the first time you come off it, you forget about it. Apart for me, apart from Walking Dead season one, because it's like I feel like this is going to be sad. And I want to finish, <laughs> um, and it was. They obviously don't take that long, but they kind of slowly paced, aren't they? So that it feels like they take a bit of time, but they really don't. Um. Yeah, I think if it's done well, they're pretty much spot on games. Like seemingly the three best ones are Walking Dead. I think the first two seasons are quite lauded. Wolf Among Us and obviously Tales of the the Borderlands. I think Batman Yeah, Bat- Batman was quite sad. Batman's meant to be alright, isn't it? Game of Thrones is meant to be a bit shit. Uh, yeah, that was a bit uh, I finished that and, and Guardians of the Galaxy was uh, a mm. little bit disappointing as well. I finished that as well. Is the um, Ma- Minecraft? 
Yeah, Minecraft Story Mode. I gave that a try despite not really being a Minecraft fan. That's the only really one that I started that I never finished. I think I finished episode one and then I jumped off. And I think that ended up getting multiple episodes because they added like a second um, run of episodes to it. Um, mm. But I mean, for me, definitely Tales from the Borderlands is the the highlight. And it was a, it was a great way to kind of round out um, 2014 in, in terms of releases. Um, but there, there was a, you know, a, a particular game that came out on top in the award shows in 2014 and was kind of the, the, the game of the year for, for a lot of, um, award shows and, and outlets, um, which of course was Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, I talked about earlier about my love for the Dragon Age series. Did you play this one guy? <laughs> did I? <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I did it like two and a half times um because <laughs> i think i f- no i finished i started it got like halfway through then the mate i was playing with it at the same time i think he, he's in the um ref he got deployed to uh the falklands so he bug he bug well i say bug it off he was put somewhere <laughs> for a few months and then i kind of lost interest because it's always fun when you're talking to a mate, like, where are you up to? Yada, yada, yada. Um, then he came back, shouted at me that I didn't finish it, and then I ended up doing it. I mean, I'm so glad I did, because I'm, that that was the first Dragon Age game I played as well. And the very unique, like, maybe my limited knowledge of other games, but there's not really something I'd experienced similar to Dragon Age up to that point. And it, it, it's a real Bioware thing, or peak Bioware thing, to make you care about side characters. And this just this just kind of typified it, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, like, I, I'd be a little different in that I was in on Dragon Age from the beginning. I, I got in on, on Dragon Age Origins. Um, I didn't get it quite at launch, but it was on radar from from launch. I think I got it maybe about six months on. I absolutely adore Dragon Age Origins. I think I completed it two or three times in in quick succession. Um, I I just I I was enamored. It was one of my favorite games of the the prior generation to the one we're discussing. Uh, Dragon Age Two I picked up on launch, and it was a good game, but it was so watered down from Dragon Age origins it was very lazy in a lot of ways i mean i'm not knocking the developers but it was clear they didn't put as much into it as they did in the the first and and indeed in the third game but when i played dragon age 2 i remember saying to to matt who we had on the show previously that i think they're they're obviously this is you know your trilogy and they're setting up for the the third one to to be the the big hurrah and it really was i mean inquisition was insane the game was huge i think by the time i finished and now i played through all the dlcs as well like i was probably approaching a couple hundred hours like it was insane and it was just it was such it wasn't just filler content like it was worth your while content to play i mean the characters were great the you know building up kind of your your castle and that was was fun to always explore and see what it what had been added on and i mean 
this game is just unreal and there's there's you know in a year where it's competing with games like shadow of mordor and destiny for it to kind of come out now obviously both those games had their plaudits and, and won plenty of awards but for it to come out as kind of the the daddy of of that year says a lot like it was insanely good and i cannot wait for Dragon Age 4. Although I hope they take their time with it and get it right because we do not want the Dragon Age equivalent of Mass Effect Andromeda on our hands. I mean, I'm pretty sure Dra- Dragon Age 4 has already had a longer development time than Andromeda. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, it's... I mean... <laughs> From a series I've only played wanted, I am really looking forward to that. And Bioware holds a special place in most people's hearts who've played Mass Effect and, and Dragon Age and uh, Knights of the Old Republic and all, and etc. <clears throat> but the Dragon Age 4 needs to be Game of the Year stuff. It just does. Anthem stank. Andromeda stank. Albeit. I will defend Andromeda. I will fight. I will fight for Andromeda. Um, but it was still shitty. Um, for Dragon Age Four needs needs to be top god tier game. Like <clears throat> if it comes out the same year as a a God of War Two or a, a Valwood or an Elder Scrolls, I mean it'll be a hell of a year. <laughs> um, at least be in the conversation. Like, don't just be... It was good, but is it as good as Mass Effect 2? Is it as good as Dragon Age Inquisition? Someone please save these from EA. It's... Ah. You just kind of hope every time a bad game comes out, you just go, hopefully EA's just learnt from it and let them do the thing. But Dragon Age Inquisition, like, I would tell you how much I've played, but my Xbox controller has been annoying and it's not letting me look at my achievements for some reason. <laughs> um, but I'm pretty sure I put over 100 hours in that, if not more. It's... Uh, I asked you about Infamous, if that's a sleeper exclusive. But it, is Dragon Age Inquisition a sleeper best game of this gen? Because, I mean, if you, talk, if you talk to people, obviously it doesn't help that it's six years old now, but... People would bring up The Witcher 3, rightfully so. They'll bring up God of War, rightfully so. RDR 2, rightfully so. But Dragon Age Inquisition, for me, is right up there with them games. No, I'd, I'd, I'd agree. It's it's certainly, you know, I'd, it, it would 100% be in my top 10 and quite possibly in my top 5, maybe even top 3. I'd have to have some, some thinking, uh, you know, I'd have to think about that. But, I mean, it, it is certainly up there. Um, you know, the, the reasons it got the, the acclaim it did. Um, and it was it was a strange one because there were so many big games at the time. I think people's attention were split. And, you know, there were plenty of people who, who kind of only got to Inquisition in 2015. And when they finally did, their mind was blown. Um, but it, it, sometimes you can forget it because it came out so long ago. But I mean, it, it certainly is a, a contender for for one of the because it is one of the best games of the generation. It's you know, it's it's one of the the best games that that has been. Yeah, absolutely is. It absolutely is. Um, <clears throat> that is the only year <laughs> we'll do on this part. We'll do part two 
whenever, but as you can tell, you're listening. We're already over an hour and a half, about an hour and forty. Um, and it's me and Carl. We'll probably wrap it on for another ten minutes after this. But um, is Dragon Age your game of the year there, or is there any other that holds special place in your heart? Yeah, I'd I'd I'd, I'd give it to to um to to Dragon Age when you're you're kind of giving uh, putting a critical eye over it. Um, but Destiny, kind of, if if I bring in some some kind of personal bias because of the experience of friends, um, it would be very difficult to to pick between the two. I mean, how, how about you? I mean, obviously you've got uh, Titanfall as a contender there as well. I do. Um, again, same as you. I mean, critically, best game is Dragon Age. I don't think that's particularly close. In terms of fond and fun memories, I'm going to go with Titanfall over Destiny. I put a lot more time in Destiny. I will not lie. But Titanfall, I think that was the first game of this gen where you're just like, this is what gaming's about. It's fucking amazingly fun. And that's what Titanfall for me was. And it pisses me off every time I see Apex Legends and think that should be Titanfall 3. (laughs) <laughs> it really is because Titanfall 2 obviously we'll get to it in the, the years to come is really good and they just <clears throat> they need to not release it on the same year as a COD or the same window as a COD make it a spring release or a summer release make its own pocket for it and it, it'll it'll become an iconic game You obviously Apex is made now but Titanfall 3 needs to come out for me I don't care if anyone else plays it yeah, um, no, I mean, it, it's always difficult when you're kind of bringing in your own personal experiences with with the games because they, they are certainly going to play a part in, in influencing um, your take on it, um, particularly when it comes to your, your favourites. Um, but, I mean, as I said, it was such a strong year um, in, in terms of the games that... that um, it's it's a very tricky one for people to pick their their favorite game. As I said, that you know, I think of other games, Tales from the Borderlands. Obviously, it was just the first episode, but it was amazing. Valiant Hearts: The Great War was a game that genuinely was you know moving to play. I mean, it, it's just crazy. I mean, Wolfenstein: The New Order we glossed mm. over it all earlier, but that like that really showed that that id was back you know i know id yeah. kind of were more it was more machine games obviously with the developers but was under the kind of id umbrella i mean it was an insane year and i mean if if the first full year as you said for these ne- these current consoles are as good as 2014 or even even a fraction of as good uh, they're they're going to be on to a winner well, I, peek, I just had a quick peek at 2015 as well. It didn't get any worse. <laughs> it got better. It may have even got better. Um, spoilers, guys. It is. Spoilers. It is. And we'll finish on that. Well, actually, we'll finish. What, what have you? Have you been playing anything? I know you were fin- uh, playing Horizon, was it, or was it Ghost? I can't remember what you played. I'm I'm playing Horizon. Um, I am about 50 hours in, so I'm very close to completing the main game. But I've obviously got the Frozen Wilds as well because I've the the Game of the Year edition. So I'll play through that. I'm very much enjoying Horizon. I've got a little waylaid lately with uh, work and with uh, painting a house, which is unfortunate. But uh, I'll get back into it. Um, I've also been playing a bit of Age of Empires 2 online. The the 
in the definitive edition. Been playing that online with friends. It's a lot of fun, just as fun as it was back in the, the early noughties when it, it first came out. And my friends and I have recently decided to start playing Final Fantasy XIV together. So I created my character last night. This is kind of my it's kind of my first experience with a, a full-on MMO. I mean, I played Guild Wars 2 in the past, but it's kind of an MMO, kind of isn't. And I played RuneScape, but obviously that's a shitty free MMO. Whoa! Whoa! It got me through some boring times in my teens. We will never have RuneScape slander on this podcast ever again, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Deary how, me. How about you? Is, is Assassin's Creed Valhalla dominating your gaming time? Going on RuneScape. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it, it's mainly been Valhalla. If you eventually play it, maybe you'd want a review, but it's a big-ass game. Um, it... Uh, do you know they said it was a streamlined version of Odyssey? Yeah, but you know what is streamlined of a, a game that's like a hundred and forty hours long? Yeah, they they they, li- they lied. <laughs> they lied. <laughs> I think I'm like sixty, seventy hours, and I think estimate I've probably done half of England. I'm I'm not surprised. I mean, yeah, I, I it took me 200 hours to finish Odyssey with the expansions, mm. but going at my original pace where I was doing virtually everything, if I'd kept at that pace, and I think I gave up on that after maybe 50, 60 hours, if I'd kept at that pace with the expansions, honestly, no exaggeration, I wouldn't be surprised if I'd been in that game for 400 hours. Like uh, that is insane. For a single player game, like I know I've heard of people who've played Skyrim for a thousand hours or or whatever, fair enough. But I mean, this is just with me doing what's in the game. It wouldn't have even been with me making my own fun. Like the people who do that in Skyrim make their own fun. You know, it's absolutely insane that a game mm. could be four hundred hours long. Yeah, like I don't even think I could like stretch Witcher to that. <laughs> Odyssey. Probably not. No. no, I I think the one thing that has, in terms of being more streamlined, is it's not spread out at all. Like on Odyssey, at the start startish of the game, it would take you about what felt like twelve hours to get from one island to the other because you had to boat places. Whereas on um, Valhalla, you can horse ride between counties pretty quickly. Like, it'll literally take you five minutes as a boring estimate to get through a county, if, even if that. So, like, I'm not saying you could, like, get from... It doesn't go to Scotland. Jorvik. Um, you could probably get from Jorvik down to London in, like, 15 minutes. If that. Or if you take a boat, it'd be even quicker. So, yeah, it, it's... The content seems to, like, stretch. Like, as I say, I'm at, like, 60 hours-ish. But I, I've been doing what you said. I've been picking up every collectible, every side mission, etc. Which I think is a lot more streamlined um, than Odyssey. But <laughs> will it last? Who knows? <laughs> the one thing I'm curious to know, Guy, have you gone to where Middlesbrough would be on the map 
just just to kind of see what your your part of England looks like in the game. I found I found it on the map, but it's high area level, so I'm trying to like I could I could go there, but I'm and can't. die. No, no, I, I've leveled up. I've leveled up. I'm fine. I could go there, but it's like going out my way. <laughs> I'm kind of because you start in the middle. You can go north, but the south's the weak area because, as it is, as it is in real life, us, nor- us northerners are hard. <laughs> I, I say that in my fake podcast voice. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll go there soon, but I found I found the Tees River. I found the Tees River, so I can find I can find my town from there. <laughs> just, just follow it. Yeah, <laughs> easy work. Um, but other than that, I've played a bit of Black Ops Cold War, as I said. Well, when it wasn't crashing, it's it need it's already needed a lot of a lot of balances as the multiplayer. I think they're updating Warzone at the start of December to link up with Black Ops more, so I'll probably return to that then. But then there's like a couple days till Cyberpunk comes out, and my main aim is to finish Assassin's Creed before Cyberpunk comes out. Because <laughs> um, I don't want 200 hour plus games on the go at the same time, because that will yeah. be annoying. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, but if you like COD, you'll you've probably already got COD. Let's be honest. Um, but I'm sure people, some people like it. Some people will be annoyed by it. I haven't put enough time in the multiplayer to be honest to fully gauge it. But I didn't like modern. I didn't like modern warfare at the start, but I eventually got to a passable level at it. I'm probably a bit better at this one, but it. I think Valhalla just took over because it's Vikings. Who doesn't want to play Vikings? Yeah, that that is a solid argument. Who who does not want to play Vikings? Exactly. It's like pirates. It is right. Skull and Bones will come out one time. <laughs> um, but we'll finish up there. <clears throat> we'll be back. Uh, we'll we'll commit guy to. Next week, oh, we will do part two of our review. At Scout's Honor, <laughs> I'll be here next week to, to do part two. Yes. Yeah. So, next week, we'll see if any news broke. Um, and we'll do 50, uh, 2015 to 2020. Um, so, maybe we'll have limited news unless Microsoft buys someone or something. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this is where we'll finish up. Uh, as ever, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Carl. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.